Welcome to Runners Radio. As always, brought to you by Runners App, your running coach, anytime, anywhere. I am your head coach and host, Rick Mirabella. And with me after a little bit of a break and a month of utter debauchery is the media mogul himself, Mick Sharkey. Yes, Rick, how are you, mate? I'm, uh, look, it's been a big, it's been a big couple of months. What I love most about this podcast is sitting here and talking absolute dribble while sucking down tins. Although when you said, did you want a beer? I did get a chill up my spine before because I've probably had enough to um, last me the year in the last month or so. Look, it is a busy time for both of us this time of year, but none more so than you with the um, horse racing peak season just coming to an end and and with everything else with the Melbourne Marathon and we had, I had a few other uh, big events in my personal life. So we did put the podcast on hold for three weeks. We won't ever have that much of well, you got married. again. I did get married, but we had a, a few benders in there as it's well. quite a lovely affair. There was a Bucks party in there as well, which is, I vaguely remember. Yeah, there's a couple of big nights. I'm not sure. I actually, me and Shell actually had a later night on the wedding night. We, we rolled in about 5 a.m. You're getting into some murky waters okay, here. Okay, we better move on. But <laughs> you, had a, you had a successful spring. Quickly, very we don't, don't want to bathe in our bath water again, but just quickly, you had a couple of very successful racehorses do very well. Uh, yes. Uh, we managed to win the derby through Spicer Thoroughbreds, who's my current employer, with Extra Brute, which was good. Lazy 1.2 million jumped in for the owners there. And a horse that I bought for a client, Marmello, ran second in the Melbourne Cup. So that was a good result as well. That's, that's pretty special to those outside of Australia. That's, um, look, that's possibly, the, or definitely Melbourne Cup is the race that stops a nation or, or the whole of Australasia. But um, the Derby's the three-year-old staying event the best in this nation and the best in Australasia as well. So the two best staying races, you could argue, is uh, as now Mick Sharkey's had a pretty heavy involvement in it. And, and it's just a fantastic vindication and, and also like, lots of hard work. Uh, the, this time of year, the people like Shark get a lot of attention and a lot of glory, but it's, uh, it's a slog. It's a grind. It's a slog every day. So it's good when you see good people get rewarded with massive results like that. And he's, he won't say much. He's pretty modest, but it is... It is super, so I'm stoked for your mate and Brad Spicer as well, who's one of the really nice people in the world. So, well done, buddy. You've celebrated nice, long and hard. Yes, I have. Celebrated. How's your probably fitness? Probably far too. Look, the fitness, surprisingly, I had my first run back on mon- Monday. Wednesday. 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 And no dramas. Got through happy days, pulled up great, and felt really good doing it. So You did look good. It just shows you... Uh, the residual fitness that you you do build up when you when you do the programs regularly, you know that was a good. I, I think I was probably sporadic for I reckon four weeks, you know maybe not doing three sessions a week, maybe doing one or two, and probably just one the last month. So yeah, I'm I'm really happy with how it's going. Looking forward to uh, getting the dad bod out in the summertime. We had a nice aerobic power slash hills session this week too, which was yeah was, glad I only did that once. Yeah, which was a tough a tough workout, but. The hills were more your middle distance type hills, definitely not too much um, short stuff. And, and the aerobic power was a couple of time trials and Shark coped surprisingly well, surprisingly well. Now, mate, just before we went on our little hiatus, we were getting into the Melbourne Marathon. Yes. We had over 80 athletes competing there in the four That's events. That's enormous. That's absolutely fantastic. Over the four events. But the Melbourne Marathon was taken out by Liam Adams. Now, Liam Adams is a good boy from Essendon here in Victoria. He beat two of the Africans, which was fantastic. And Sinead Diver won the women's race. Sinead Diver. She's an Irish-born 42-year-old... Sister of Stuart? 
No. You're getting into some murky waters now. Sinead Diver won the women's race in a course record. I'll get to really? That. I'll get to that in a minute. She's Irish. She's Irish born. Now, she's not Kenyan that moved to Ireland. To she moved to Melbourne. She's know like, what it was like to be Irish, like your New Zealand people that moved no, to and, Africa and, to and be the Rob- African. The Robinson twins aren't Robinson Caruso, mind you. There's lots of people doing that now, but yeah. we'll, we'll move off that for today. They've both got great stories. Now, Sinead's 42, a mother of two. Lives here in Melbourne. 42? Not even near her peak, brother. Oh, when do you peak in marathons? Well, Sinead, 80. mid-40s. How imagine. old was the bloke that used to run in gumboots? Cliff Young. Yeah. He was he, Did he marathon. do marathons? He was an ultra man. He ultra. ran senior to Melbourne top setup. Hardly run at these guys' paces of Liam Adams running around in three minute, 10 kilometres. Liam Adams ran in a tradie... Um, fluoro tradie vest. Now, I love Liam because he's a sparky. Fluoro tradie vest. You know, the fluoro... So we didn't have the uh, we didn't have the, the Kenyans and all that competing. We did. Clearly. We had two. We, so we had a some bloke from Essendon. No, no, no. Run around, some a, run around in a tradies vest. Pay and some he's respect. Won the Liam's pull, an Olympian. You haven't, you're pulling the league. Yeah. No, we, we, yeah, you pay some respect to Liam Adams, who is one of Australia's best marathoners currently. Went to Rio. Did he wear Blundstones as well? He's a, he's, still captain. You've got to respect. He's like a VFL footballer who's made good. He's an electrician and he works full time. Gets his 160k a week in around his trade. Did he stop for a smoker? Oh, I don't know. He certainly didn't have time to because he was too busy running. I think he ran, what did he run? 215, 216. Beat he, the two. He would have had an RDO the next day. Guaranteed. Enough, enough of these puns. Now it was the hottest Melbourne marathon in 10 years. Now I ran 08, and that was a horrible, horrible, warm northerly the whole way up Beach Road. These guys copped it. Uh, the two leaders obviously didn't cop it as much because it wasn't too bad when they were on the course. But anyone running over three hours really cops. The hottest day in 10 years. And Serves we, them right. Be quicker. We had, we out of our guys, unfortunately, we had one marathon and not finish, and he's, oh. done, he's done seven or eight really strong marathons, and it just got to him. And uh, we had a half marathoner who, again, she's done many races for the last decade, and she ended up in a uh, in hospital for over oh, 24 joking. hours. Oh, joking. No, you didn't Heat know stroke. that. You're going to joke about that too? you Moron, are you going to well, talk about that? No. Uh, if See, you're going to go to hospital, make, I it, stumped, make it good. I stumped him. Yeah, genuine heat stroke. Look, the heat fatigues us in so many ways, Shark, and I just wanted to touch on this for three or four minutes. If a bit of a coach's corner segment. Like, well, the weather is warming up. Yeah. So everyone thinks, oh, it's sunny, I'm going to go for a run, and maybe they're not doing the right things before or after. So Look, oh, your point is important. It is important, but I feel like twice we've been caught this year in Australia with the Gold Coast Marathon being real humid. So those coming up from the south really struggling. And now in October, we've been training. Our big mile is in August and September. And even if you go for your long runs in the afternoon, you're still not going to get the kind of weather that greeted the athletes on October 12. So that that day was the hottest day in six and a half months in Melbourne. So you just, it's by a mile too, by a good four degrees. So it's impossible to try to acclimatise to that. Now, people often say, my breathing's okay, but my heart rate's high. And that, that just, it does happen. Your heart's working so much harder. Now, the way our body cools itself down is by sweat, but evaporation of sweat. So when we're running and we're sweating more, trying to cool ourselves down, our heart is pumping blood to the surface of our skin away from working muscles, okay? So that's why our heart has to work harder. Now, the whole purpose of distance running is to keep your heart rate down as low as you can while working at a, a quicker speed. So if we're running at, let's say, four-minute Ks and we've done that in training, we've done that easily easily enough in training at, at a moderate tempo heart rate, on a day that is like a standardly warmer or more humid, your heart rate's going to be doing a lot more work, your heart's going to be pumping out a lot more blood 
and the working muscles won't be getting the same amount of same amount of blood flow. Therefore, they will start to become fatigued a lot quicker. Your heart rate will go through the roof. Instead of running at 150 beats, the relative fatigue will mean you're sitting at 165, 170. So does that make sense? It does. Have I explained myself not too bad? Sense. I'm trying to be as simple as possible. So what in the hot weather, when the, when the weather's getting warmer, what would be the best time or what's the best preparation? Oh, if you want to go for a run outdoors and it's, it's hot over summer? It, take it very slow. So the, the, the biggest tips, as far as racing in the heat, before I get to that summer stuff, if you know you've got a race, like ideally, they say the elite guys, obviously, if you've got a race, let's say in a warm climate, let's use Hawaii, ideally you can get to the the, the nation two, two weeks before as you're starting to taper down, but you still do a lot of your quicker stuff and just stuff at 70% of VO2 max even. So it doesn't have to be crazy, but you're running, you're running, you're working in that heat. It takes about two weeks, they say, to for your body to acclimatise. Clearly, general population, people that have normal lives like all of us are not going to be able to just take two weeks off work and acclimatise. So just on that note, let's use Melbourne this year as an example. Safely and periodically, they they would maybe do an indoor run like and with no fans. for it. So we've got a big setup here. Um, listeners, it was but, hot in here the other day. Yeah, but they could have come in here in August and September, maybe done a couple of long runs. They can wear more clothing. They can do things like they can try to run in the middle of the day instead of running at 7 a.m. But all these things you've got to do intelligently. Like the number one rule is not to not to like, like take health is number one rule because you can't be. Let's just say you're not going to come in here in the middle of September, um, even though it's not that warm, and run with no fans for two hours if you haven't done it before. So you build up slowly, you build up for an hour, and all of a sudden our body, our heart and lungs, everything gets used to running in those kind of conditions. And like anything, the body is stressed, but it adapts, and it will feel easier. How much water should we be drinking? Uh, look, the, the water's... Do you, do you just boost it up? Do you smash the intake just to try and you know, get if, some if, fluids in If you're acclimatised, you do what you've been doing in training. If you're not acclimatised to a warm race or a warm run in the middle of summer, you would definitely slow down. So you got to leave your ego at the door. If it's 10 degrees warmer than you've been running, you slow the hell down. So you might slow down 10 seconds a kilometre, five seconds a kilometre, whatever it may be. Definitely water. You sip on water, but it's a very real thing that you don't skull water the whole time because that, that can get dangerous as well. There's a thing called hyponatremia, which is a lack of sodium. and Hyponatremia? It just pretty much means killing yourself. Overhydrated. Overhydrated. Drowning yourself. People have died. So you, really? Absolutely, mate. Holy. There's there's ways to there's ways to get it right. Just sip on water at all the drink stations, for example. Wow. A couple of sips. Hyponatremia. So, you, so you, might, you might sip on water every 15 minutes at the drink stations without sculling. Little things like that, just being intelligent. My biggest thing is to slow down. If, if you get to a race, and it doesn't matter if you want to break three hours, if it's 10 to 15 degrees warmer like Melbourne was, chances are if you, try, you might have to settle for a three-hour 10. Safety always comes first, but there are those things just to work on, just to put yourself in warmer environments for longer. The visor, the visor on race day is really good because we do lose heat through our neck, and if we have a hat on in the back of our head, if we have a hat on, it kind of compresses it in. You mean the little... Dorky, little dorky visors. Visors. Uh, triathlon visors, I'd call them. Triathlon visors. Yeah, cool sponge. How much do they go for? At runners. Well, how much? How much would? Oh no, it's going to be the cheaper. Runners, at runners. Visor, fifteen dollars. So what about commercially? Oh, 
two times you, you probably pick on it for forty. But forty dollars. We look after our, our members here at Runners. It's bargains Club. down here. Cool sponges on the back of the neck. Of course, hydrate electrolytes. The main sodiums in sodium, potassium, potassium electrolytes in. But please, please don't drink too much as well because that can get dangerous. Now, is there a substance, illegal or legal, mm-hmm. that you could take? That'll just enhance the performance a little bit and heat. keep you hydrated in the heat. Uh, no, no, there really isn't. That that's a good one. A lot of the a lot of the illegal like performance. You know how you know how Lance Armstrong was spinning blood and they were doing all that mm-hmm. sort of weirdo stuff. Is there? No. Is it? There's nothing you could do. Uh, Lance, extreme. I conditions. do vaguely remember Armstrong having a glove of some kind that helped him, but I'm not. Uh, that helped yeah, him. That's where all there. the drugs. Were. Yeah, I'm not sure. Definitely not. No, mate. At the end of the day, you just got to train in it, and you just can't. In, in Southeast Australia, <laughs> training the heat through the winter. So it's borderline impossible and you just got to hope that the weather's on your side. Speaking of heat, the Hawaiian Ironman, we won't touch on this Ooh, for long, but lava. One, of, one of your favourite events. Yes, lava coming out lava. of the deck. Do you remember, the, you probably don't remember because you've had four weeks of utter um, alcohol consumption, but when you thought the Ironman triathlon was like a surf lifesaving competition. I did. With, uh, did, were you embarrassed? After it? No, because I was I'm, I'm not. I was embarrassed I, for you. I didn't even know it was a different thing. I didn't know anything about it. Do you know? There's an interesting I just need fact you to get lava. your head out of the thoroughbred industry for one minute and educate well, yourself. Here's a fact for you. You know, there's two types of lava. What? There are two types. Legitimately, oh, two types of lava. I'm you know, you see the lava flows and everything yes. in Hawaii. So you go to lava and go to Hawaii. You'll see this, and anyone that's been there, you can go and see this for yourself. So the smooth, it looks like. Um, it looks like honey, you know, it looks like that sort of oozy honey, that sort of smooth lava that's mm. called pahoe hoey. Mm. And the more rubbly, gra- you know, the, the, the granular rocky sort of lava, you see it spilling, it's more jagged. That's called uh-uh. That's that, true. Is that legit? 100% true. I hope it's true. Hawaii do- Ironman. So if you're ever running, anyone listening in the Hawaii Ironman, and you're running through the lava fields and you see smooth black lava, you can say that's... That's pahoe hoey lava. And if you come across another part where it's a bit more rubbly and a bit more disturbed and a bit gravelly, you can say, that's art lava. And just as you cross the finish line, you'll think, thanks, Shark. That little extra tidbit of information just got me that extra second and a half off my PB. And you send all checks to Mick Sharky, courtesy of runners.com. It'll it'll definitely take your mind off the pain for a couple of minutes at least. Unless you walk on the art lava, which is like jagged glass it's not pleasant not not pleasant it is razor sharp legitimately razor sharp only when it cools when it's hot it obviously is scalding hot and it'll burn your foot off so i wouldn't recommend walking on it but either way probably don't walk on it probably two minutes that would be the lesson two minutes longer than i expected to talk about lava but they do say it's one of the uh, the most uh, you can walk through the tubes there the lava have you ever been to hawaii no, I'm going in. I'm going uh, New Year's Eve. Oh, it's an amazing place. You can walk through the lava tubes, and some of them are like uh, like a subway system. Like you could you could drive a truck through some of them, and that was just full of lava, just pumping, pumping, pumping through from the volcanoes. And then you want to fly above, do a little helicopter trip above, so you can look down and just see. It it is frightening. It's and I'll tell you what, tourists, your uh, your sphincter will be tightening as you fly over the live volcano and looking down and just thinking, if this helicopter <laughs> conks out right now, I am not here tomorrow. <laughs> what? I look forward to Anyway, that. who won the whole Iron Iron Man? Well, I'm, I've lost my train of thought. 
Patrick Lang went back to. He back. doesn't sound Kenyan. He does. He's a he's a very good runner. He's a good runner because he ran a two forty one marathon off the bike. Do the Kenyans go to, to the Ironman? Are they involved in that? I think we both know the answer to that. Danielle Rife won the women's in eight I hours twenty six. Three time winner, the Aussie. She finished in eight fifty Miranda Calf race. She was fantastic. But Daniela Rife, he was interrupting. Where's she from? Daniela Rife, good question. I think she's from Norway. I've got to check on that. David that, Gately just called me, speaking Hawaii, of Ironman. David Gately is a three-time Ironman. He's so gonna, what's a seven... He's going to be our future guest. 7.52. Yes, mate. Is that hours? Yes. Seven hours. And he smashed it. To go under eight at Hawaii. Seven hours. He's exceptional. So break it down. How far are we running? So we've got the 3.8k swim. 3.8 k's. Yeah, and I'm sure our listeners know this, but I'll educate Shark. No, there's going to be many beer one, swillers like one, me that have 180 no k, idea. 180k on the bike through the... 180 k's. Through the lava fields of Hawaii and just the marathon to finish, buddy, the 42.195 to finish. But hey, Paddy Lang went back to back now. Anyone doing that, get a new hobby. Well, I'll take you out in the boat and stick you on the end of a snapper and you can tell me which, which is better. Boom! I know what makes you feel better later, and it's certainly not fishing. Your mate, David Gately, who just rang through, he's going to be a future guest. He's a great triathlete, so maybe you can talk Could about Could he it. do an, an Hawaii Ironman? Absolutely. He was only a couple of minutes off qualifying this year. I'll text him. You have to qualify. What, so you don't die? It was a couple of minutes in Queensland off qualifying for Hawaii, and he's in a very elite age group, the 45 to 49-year-old age group. So maybe text him through now. Tell him we're on air. The New Did York you Marathon. Ever do will, a Hawaii Ironman. Or he takes Gator. This was a cracking race. Now, New York, sometimes the listeners will know the weather throws up a bit of a mixed bag, but this was 10 degrees Celsius and a blue sky, which was sensational. Now, the Lisa de Caesar went 205 59. Here we go. He's a, he's a Kenyan. No, he's an Ethiopian. He's, Ethiopian. He's that was an, my next guess. Well, Lisa's an animal. He was in the Breaking oh, Two project. Rough. He went. He was the first one to blow up, if you remember that documentary or the project. Was that when they were trying to get under two minutes? Under two hours. Two the, hours. The pace was too much for him. And um, he was he was he's a phenomenal he's a racer. I like to call him he's a really good tough racer. He's to compare him to a horse, he's just a he's a normal, he's tough. But yep. he, on times Does he it, set the pace? He certainly does. And then to look at him, he's a bit like Paula Radcliffe if you look at him with um, from aesthetics, you can see from to see so that it's not all about aesthetics. He doesn't look efficient at all. He looks like the whole bloody race is a grind, and but he still out kicks him, out toughs him. But as soon as the pace is on, like it, your man Elliot could. So choke he's got him. a bad action. No, well it's efficient to him, and this is what I mean. That's what I don't like people trying to change good runners' styles too much. Clearly, he's he's won Boston twice, New York once. His style's fine. Sounds pretty good to me. He's elite. Now he was fantastic. Yeah, he got kicked the young fella, another bloke with a weird action. Shora Kitara, another Ethiopian. Ah, Shora. And probably the best runner in the field, Jeffrey Camor, as far as... Here we go. This is what I'm talking about. As far about. as credentials go, Jeffrey Camor was the best in the field. He Jeffrey Camor. He came third Jeffrey. to Decisa. Now, I'm going to just continue... Not Shura, not Lalisa. Jeffrey. Mary Katani, who she, if she's not already, could be the second greatest marathoner of all time to Paula... If not now, her world record could be in a bit of danger, Paulus, because Mary just won her fourth victory in New York in 2.22 with one of the biggest negative splits you will ever see. Do you know what a negative split is? No, tell me. She, her first half, her second half was much faster than her first. Oh, yeah, I it's get It's only got to be a, one second faster, but she absolutely smashed good. the second half of the race. Where's she from? She's 
She's from Kenya. I'm actually nearly Mary. Fin- see, Mary and Jeffrey. I'm actually. You know what I'm saying. I'm actually nearly finished a very good book called Running with the Kenyans, and it's exceptional. And Adam Aran Finn's done a great job on that. He actually met Mary Katani in in her little hut. And um, gee, they're a, a beautiful bunch of the Kenyans. I will get over to Eton. You know, Eton. There's four thousand people that res- uh, reside in Eton in Kenya. Twenty five percent of them are athletes. So really. One thousand athletes in Eton, and Eton's one of the most remarkable places on this earth for distance running. So you know, Eton is a big. I think it's a big university town or a big private school or something in England. I T E N. No, E A T O N. I tell you what. When we're big enough. And runners.com is live everywhere. I really should be Googling some of this stuff before we do this we'll show. Take, mate, I, just, I try to educate you as much as educate the listener, I reckon. Well, I like the fact that your boys from New Zealand going over to uh, Kenya and Ethiopia. They were travelers. Jimmy brothers. and uh, no, Travis Zane, or whatever. Zane Robinson, Jake Robinson. Zane and Jake. They're having an influence. They are. Clearly, because we're seeing Jeffrey Kamwawar from Kenya, if you did and Mary Kaitani from Ethiopia. Kitani. And what we can see is there is some give and take. They're going there and taking the athletic knowledge <laughs> and the training nows from the Ethiopians and the Kenyans, and they're leaving behind the the sort of Western Anglo names, which I, I think that's, that's a nice little barter system. I'm not sure you actually know what you're talking about. If you did your research, you'd say that these quote-unquote Western names, as you call them, were around in Kenya or in the 50s and 60s. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Mick Katara or Ricky DeCesa running a, around. Like Ricky DeCesa sounds now, like he could sell used cars in, <laughs> in West Brunswick. The last re- the last bit of running we've got before we might just talk a little bit of humour for a couple of minutes. The world half... Now, wrap your little brain around this, Mick. The world half marathon record fell... Abraham Kiptum, who unfortunately there's been a little, little bit of... Um, drugs. Well, we hope not. Drugs. But a, a little bit of cloud around at the moment. Lots of drugs. 58.18 in Valencia for the half. He took five seconds off our man, Suzani Tadisa, who nice little bit of synergy in this in this podcast. But he won't pass a swab, is that what you're saying? Tadesi was the other man with Kipchoge and Deceasa in breaking two. We love Tadesi and he is clean. But Abraham Kiptum went 58.18 for half marathon. Wrap your head around that, Mick. 58 minutes and 18 seconds for the half marathon distance. But it's it's not going to happen. Unfortunately, he has been... So what, what's, what's, what really, what's going down? Well, we don't know, and hopefully nothing. Doping. Well, he's been, he's been hanging around with some pretty shady characters, apparently. <laughs> People that haven't been exactly straightforward and upfront over the last five or six years in Kenya. But... Hopefully he is clean because that is a ridiculously good time and want that world record to stick. So now we've given you, we've brought you up to date with most of the world of distance running. Please, listeners, tweet or comment or Instagram us for any questions further on physiology. Most of our stuff is on runners.com and runners app on the education department or any of our 45 minute episodes. They're a bit more educational. This show is a bit about current news and obviously more about the guests. This is a bit more of a 30-minute catch-up, and I'm going to pass you over to Shark for the running joke in a moment. But our next two guests ahead are absolutely belters. They are endurance athletes, so I'll have a quick chat about them now. Lisa Wilson, who is our very first runners member, she's our next guest on. Now, that will drop in seven days from when this episode drops. So, Lisa Wilson, 
She's a seven-time marathoner and she's just part of the fabric here at runners.com. And she also works heavily in the disabled children field. So she's an amazing lady. Speaking of Africa, she travelled all around Africa on her own at the tender age of 23. Wow. So she's got some 23. Big, she's got some big stories. So and her twin sister is on the Vanish Laundry commercials. I don't even know who you're talking about. I wish you'd tell me any of this stuff before you take it on air. Who? Who is there someone that looks like her? Is there on a yes. commercial? I'm glad. Dead ringer. The only person. The vanished laundry commercials. The only person in podcast world that found that funny was you. Watch I'll, it. It's not funny. It's true. I'll, it's a fact. Ne- when you're listening to her speak, watch the vanished laundry commercial and then you'll have an idea of what she looks I'll like. I'll pin a photo to the notes. Now, Shark. Running joke. Have you got anything for us today? Yeah, there's now, a wait, couple. You've been very ordinary today, so hopefully you there's can a raise couple. the bar a bit. There's a couple. There's one for the NFL fans, but I'm not sure anyone really knows what NFL is. I, I'm still none the wiser. Next one. Oh, it's I, also the NFL joke also involves the Taliban, so I'm not sure if you want to go into that area. No, I think we stay away from that place. Oh, I'm telling you, it literally does involve an NFL team and the Taliban Next and joke. running. Okay. Next joke. Rightio. The next joke. Where is it? This is a great website too for jokes. What do you do when a blonde throws a pin at you? I'd just like to remind you that my lovely newlywed wife is extremely blonde. What do you do, Shark? Run away. She's got a hand grenade in her mouth. Oh, no. <laughs> Hello to Shelley and all the other beautiful blondes out there. I'd rather the, offend blondes than the Taliban. Let's in the just runners be clear community. So let's just, we've been on five episodes. You've offended every single Kenyan that ever lived. Tasmanians. Tasmanians and now blondes. Anyone named Jeffrey? Every, pretty much any poor Kenyan that's got an English name, you've offended. I give us another five episodes be, before you get banned. Well, Stricko reckons two more. Two more, yeah. That's, he's one of our beautiful, uh, loyal listeners, Dan Stricko. I would call him beautiful. That's oh, probably not the word I would I would attach to Stricko. He's, he's a nice man, but he's not... He's. He's not aesthetically pleasing to the eye. No, but he's, he's tough. Not. He's a tough Look, runner. I, he's a very good marathoner. Yeah, let's give him he that. And he was a very good. He can run really. He's well. a very good leader of men. But yes, is he a leader of men? He's a good leader. Was he a leader of men? He's a very good. Really? Leader. Yes, but a leader aesthetic, of men? aesthetics aren't his his thing. No, no. Then look, they're not his strong suit. Now, we'll, but we all have our our sort of strengths, our, and our strengths and weaknesses. Now I'll leave that there for Mick Sharkey. We're going to do a very quick intro on Lisa Wilson next episode, which yes. is episode six, dropping seven days from now. Please, 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 listeners, do yourself a favour and listen to that. Have a beautiful week in running. And as always, if you need any programming coming up into the summer months in the Southern Hemisphere, all the winter months over there for you Northern Hemisphere guys, hit me up on runners.com. I am Rick Mirabella. You guys have a great day.